Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. We're very excited about our show today, folks, because the multi-talented Lucy Arnaz is here to talk about her diverse career in films, TV, theater, and as a recording artist whose new CD, Latin Roots, showcases her marvelous vocal talent. With Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz for parents, it's no wonder Lucy has showbiz in her blood. Welcome to Movie Addict Headquarters, Lucy. Thank you so much, Betty Jo. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Well, it's such a treat to have you with us. I know how busy you are, and I wanted to congratulate you for being a big hit this month at Feinstein's in New York City. What was it like singing for all those New Year's revelers this month? Well, yeah, luckily they still had money left after New Year's Eve and came to see my show the first week in January, which... (laughs) <laughs> sometimes a, a dangerous week to be playing anywhere, but it was quite a surprise to see how many people came out. We had sold-out crowds, and it really was um, – it's a beautiful room, first of all. If nobody's, it's Feinstein's at the Regency, which was created by Michael Feinstein several years ago. And I was actually the third person to play there uh, after Michael Feinstein, Rosie Clooney, and, and me uh, back in, let's see, 2000, before I went to London to do Witches of Easter. Oh. And I love the room. It's a beautiful room, and they always treat me so well. It was nice to be home again. Oh, well, the reviews are in, Lucy, because I went to your website and I saw all of the enthusiasm that uh, people shared on your site about uh, your performance there. Everyone's raving about it. Thank uh, you. Oh, it's just I, I wish that I could have that I could have been there. But um the second best thing I guess is uh, is to have have your C D and uh to have you on the show. And as you know, um my co host and I have lots of questions for you and I'll I'll bring James on in just a few minutes. I know he's getting very okay. impatient uh, hanging on the All line right. here, but first I just can't wait another minute for listeners to hear one of your wonderful songs from Latin Roots. So here's a special favorite of mine. After the night 
and the music are done until the pale light of dawning and daylight our hearts will be throbbing guitars morning will come without warning and take away the stars if we must Live for the moment, love till the moment is through. After the night and the music dies, will I have you? Song is in the air, each melody is ours alone to share. So just for a night, let's pretend that you're mine. Each word, each harmony is secret language just for you and me. Come, make the most of our time before it is long. Si tu pudieras quererme, como te quiero yo a ti. Toda la vida que diera mi amor. Si tu pudieras quererme, por un momento feliz. Tu calmaría mis venas de amor. El beso ardiente que ponga en tus labios. Hablar de encender tu pasión. Y en tus suspiros amantes darás tu corazón. So if we must For the moment, love till the moment is through. For after the night and the music dies, who will I rendition of that romantic song, uh, Lucy. I just absolutely love it. And you know, I heard it for the first time on Comedy Concepts here at Blog Talk Radio. I, it was Nancy Lombardo, the wonderful host of that show, for played it, uh, for playing it on that show. And it was it, it just blew me blew me away. Um, uh, what about that arrangement, Eddie Joe? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, good, because I lost the call in the middle of the song, and I called back as one of your callers just hanging on the line there, so I wasn't sure if I was back on the phone or not. Great. Okay, hi. Yes, well, good for you. Oh, my (laughs) God, I got really scared. I thought, she's just talking, and I'm not going to be there, just listening on the phone. Okay. Um, The arrangement. Stranger things have happened. But but anyway, tell Um, us a little bit about that arrangement. Well, the guy who's been my arranger and musical director for the past 20 years is this just marvelous uh, musician who's also a terrific composer in his own right, and we produced that CD together, but his name is Ron Abel, A-B-E-L, and uh, Ron Abel and Chuck Steffen are two of the brightest new uh, lights in the Broadway music composing world, and his arrangements are just, you know, unparalleled. I mean, there's him and there's Billy Stritch and maybe Ted Firth, and that's uh, Marvin Hamlish. I don't know. There's That's it. 
And uh, I love what his concepts are about how to do these songs, especially the ones like You and the Night and the Music or Blue Skies or the things that have been around for forever. And you've heard them a million times and you think, yeah, I know that song. But they take a whole new bent on how to do it, which is why when people ask me, what songs are you going to do in your show? I never want to tell anybody because if I say the name of the song, they immediately think they know how it's going to be done and it doesn't tell them anything at all. I may turn Blue Skies into a an eerie, ethereal ballad, you know. So I know, I know. You I never know just... with Ron Abel arrangements. <laughs> or with Lucy. Yes, or with me. Really... Yeah, I can't do yeah. this by myself. I don't arrange music for the most part. I just uh, sing it, and we we work really well together because he knows my voice. He knows the kind of material I'm, you know, partial to. And he loves yeah. story songs like I do. He likes a good lyric that where you have something to to say you know well you guys are on to something so so keep it up and we'll be talking more about latin roots later but i know james is just having a fit of holding on the line here that we haven't <laughs> brought him in so james colt harrison is the premier critic for the la jolla village news and one of your fans lucy so james thanks for agreeing to co-host today <laughs> well i'm glad to be here and i'm i'm happy to talk with lucy because i've always been a fan of hers of course, I, you know, I'm old enough to have been there when she was born and grew up with her, so I feel like I know her actually. So, I I did want to comment on the uh, the arrangement. I thought it was wonderful. It made you sound so good, Thank you. and it's such a different take on that song. You know, it's an old old song, yeah. but it was just like brand new. It was mm-hmm. like something yes. we haven't heard before. I want to hear some more cuts from the. Uh, album betty joe just well i know we're going to do that later (laughs) later on but but and and james we we love having you on the show and and we also love the people who sign up to uh to chat in the chat room and today um we have daniel dyer as our chat wrangler we're so glad that she could be here and so I'm going to call on Daniel to explain a little bit about the chat and how some of our many guests who are showing up in the chat room could uh, sign up and take part in the chat. So, Danny, you're on. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, at the chat room, we roll out the red carpet for everyone. And if you want the behind-the-scenes chat about the show, Join Blog Talk Radio for absolutely free. Go up to the top right-hand corner of the website screen, click Join, and sign in, create your username. It's fast, it's easy, it's absolutely free, and it'll bring you right back here, and you can chat with us in the chat room. Thank you, uh, Danny, and um, I hope uh, that our guests will will take um advantage of the opportunity to chat and now that everyone is present and accounted for let's get on with the show james why don't you start with the first questions for lucy all right i'd love to um uh, lucy uh what was the most important way your mother and father influenced your show business career and did you want a show business career come to think of it (laughs) Well, uh, they had me. That was a good first start. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's probably the biggest influence is that I was born into that family and uh, had an opportunity to learn by osmosis how to do something you love and yes. get paid for it and be professional and bring joy. Yes. And what 
how good that makes you feel and other people feel. I, if, if anything set me on the path, it was that, because it certainly wasn't uh, the whole you know popularity or stardom thing. That was the scariest part and the part that actually ends up being the part you don't like. It's the work that, that is what I loved, and yes. watching them do the work that they loved. So, you know, that's what I guess that's what they gave me. They gave me what they what they had in their heart. Yes, yes. I guess you didn't have a choice, really. <laughs> oh, sure you do. Of course you do. Yeah, you have a listen. My daughter, you know, is my daughter and the granddaughter of and all of that, and went to school and be a musical theater and graduated with a degree and was Wonderful. in Broadway shows and did all this other stuff, and she's chosen. Not to do it. She said, Not I did my cabaret debut. She got three fantastic reviews. She said, you know what? I I think this is business is full of a lot of quite insane people who are a little bit off their rocker for the most part and a lot of people who steal money from you and producers who don't pay their people. And she's had some bad experiences in her short career. Yeah. And she said, I want to get a weekly paycheck and, and, you know, know that my insurance is being paid and, you know, yeah. be able to see my boyfriend and go on vacations when I want to. And I went, yeah. I have raised a wonderful daughter. So she chose to do what she wants to do. She may go back someday and say, I'll go do my nightclub act again because it was fun, and she put it together herself and didn't have to rely on anybody else. But this business is a whack job business. You know, you, yeah. you, you have to be a little psychopathology crazy to want to do it in the first place. So. Well, totally you know what, agree. Lucy? I'll just bet. I'm just making a bet here right now uh, in front of uh, all the listeners, and I'm betting that your daughter will – Later, go back into showbiz because why would you she say definitely that? has it in her so? blood. <laughs> well, I think she'll do it for fun. She'll act when she wants to, but I don't think she wants to rely on it as a career. Is what is my point? Yes, She's very, yes. very good at what she does, and I did not want to talk her out of quitting because she's right. This business is harder now than it ever, ever was before. The money is less. There's a handful of people making all the money, like in real life, like in the rest mm-hmm. of the world. You know, there's a handful of people getting super, super rich, and everybody else is starving to death. Yeah. And um, and the show business is really difficult because reality shows are the big, big thing now. So the networks do not even half as many, like an eighth as many shows as they used to. So they're an eighth as many jobs for actors. It's rough, you know. Yeah. And um, yeah. she's a smart chick. She's a smart cookie. My son. Is a, I have two sons uh, who are artists, and one is a wonderful guitar player, Joe Luckenbill, and writes great music. One of his songs is on my CD, The Music in Your Heart. And, uh, you know, he's having a tough slog, and he writes really good stuff. And I don't usually say that about young people's music because I figure it's not my thing, but his is a crossover, and I actually think it's brilliant. And it's hard for everybody today. It's hard to get started, you know. Yeah, and my yeah. son Simon is a painter. God help him. You know, I mean that's like, <laughs> not a house painter. Those, if he was a house painter, he'd probably make more money. The painter, painter is a different thing. You know. Yes, that's difficult too. It is. It is indeed. So, so we'll see, Betty Joe. I don't think I'm going to take that bet, but you know. All right, all right. Well, I think I'm, uh, you know, right. Every once in a while, and I think I'm right on that one. But um, as you know, Lucy, this is movie addict headquarters, and uh, I would be in terrible trouble with our fans if I didn't ask you this. I know you've uh, appeared in uh, several films, and I'm wondering 
which are your favorites and why, and I hope you mention the one that I talked uh, to you about <laughs> before the show. Oh, yeah. Well, it would, have, I, it would have to be the jazz singer. I haven't made that many films, uh, so, you know, the, it's not that hard to choose. Jazz singer was a wonderful opportunity for me, first of all, to work with Laurence Olivier, one of the finest, greatest actors ever, and um, and Neil, who, you know, had never acted a day in his life. And to be between those two people on the set, uh, for the most part, was, was an amazing opportunity. Uh, but this great musician who you got to be with him as he was composing a lot of this music. And um, the people at EMI and our director, Richard Fleischer, were fantastic uh, professionals. And I learned a lot. And it was straight straight out of Broadway. I, you know, just come off of their playing our song. It was a big break for me. And it was an honor to be nominated for a Golden Globe. And, you know, it's funny you yes. mentioned that. You said you forgot that I was nominated. I, I forgot did. I was nominated because I got married. From the time I made the film, you know, a lot can happen in a year. I was dating uh, Larry Luck and Bill when I was making the film. I got pregnant right after that. And oh. I was having a baby when the Golden Globes and the came out and the picture was released. So I don't think I even knew I was nominated. It was like I had other things to think about. <laughs> and it wasn't until many years later when I was going through stuff for on a bio, somewhere somebody had printed up my bio and I said, I, I got nominated for a Golden Globe? <laughs> really? <laughs> when was that? They said, for the jazz thing. I said, oh, I guess I wasn't well, well, really thinking about it that year. Well, I'll tell you what to do. You go to YouTube. And you put in um, Neil Diamond and Lucy Arnaz in Jazz Singer, yeah. and they come up with a bunch of the clips on YouTube. And I was just mm -hmm. watching them one That's before nice. the show, and I I had forgotten how how lovely that uh, romantic you know that love scene between you and Neil Diamond when he's writing uh, his character is writing hello mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. hello. And then, and then there's several little scenes, you know, where they, where he's singing that to you, and and just go there, and you'll see why you were nominated. And of course, uh, Neil Diamond was nominated for best uh, actor in a musical or comedy by Golden Globes that year, also. You're so I'm, well, that suddenly took the whole thing down a notch for me. <laughs> well, no, it doesn't take it down a notch. Did he really get nominated? Are you serious? He was yes, nominated. Yeah. Okay, well but, that, I, that tells but, you a lot right there that the Golden Globes can be bought. Okay, well <laughs> no, I know no, I didn't no. buy, did. I know I didn't buy mine. But okay. <laughs> no, you didn't. Well we have No, to, because uh, he'd be the first person to tell you that that was insane, you know. But he but the nicest guy you ever want to meet and one of the best musicians on the planet. An actor? Maybe not so much, you know. <laughs> well, maybe that's why he didn't make uh, many films after that, but I, I'm that, a fan yeah, of his. I thought it was great, <laughs> even though he did get the Razzie that year. So. Oh, my <laughs> God, and the worst reviews in the history of mankind, and they just, they crucified him, and they crucified Laurence Olivier, and I I'm lucky I came out uh, slightly unscarred, but, you know, they, uh, <laughs> oh, I'm surprised that he was nominated, but good for him. Now, good for him. <laughs> That's right, good for him. Well, there's another movie that, um, a recent movie that I'm very interested in, but I hadn't heard too much about it, and you have quite a quite a difficult role in it. It's called The Pack. Oh, yeah, The Pack. Well, you haven't heard anything about it because it's a very small independent film that oh. took her 14 years to get the money to have made. And I kept thinking, by the time they get the money, this isn't going to be one of those 
amazing stories that has never happened but is like waiting to happen. And I thought by the time you get the money to do this, there'll be like there'll be thousands of these cases. But there, oddly enough, there has not been. It's a story about a woman who was put on trial uh, for the death of her husband from her secondhand smoke. And it's oh, a whole, yeah. it's like a it's like a cross between Twelve Angry Men and uh, a documentary about smoking and the the hazards of this personal responsibility that we all have now that we know because you know for years people didn't know how bad it was my parents had a had a, a cigarette sponsor philip morris yes. had their sponsor on philip morris, yeah. years. had they known then that it really was this you know this killer they wouldn't have they would have never had a sponsor like that nor would they have ever smoked on television because they were so careful about things that a family could watch and wouldn't be bad for children or anything, but you mm-hmm. know, they had no clue. And this is a story about a son who, who actually hires a lawyer and a district attorney to take the case to sue his mother uh, because of the death of his father. And originally I was approached to play the lawyer, to play the district attorney. And literally 10 years went by. And I, I went to London, I did two more plays, my kids grew up. And they came back to me and said, you know, believe it or not, we're still trying to get this movie made. And I went, are you serious? Well, what the? And by that time, they had changed the script and sort of splintered the district attorney's role down to pretty much nothing. And I said, well, it's a great script, but I don't really want to play that part. They said, no, we're sending it to you now to play the woman, to play the smoker, to play the mom. And yeah. it's a, you get to, you get to uh, play somebody over a 25-year period. There's all these flashbacks, which was really fun to get younger and get older and, you know, be the person uh, who is taken down by this. And it's a fascinating film. Just a little independent movie went straight to video, basically, except that it went to a bunch of film festivals and won some awards. But I'm proud of it. I think it says a lot of important stuff. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to put that on my list. I hope we can get it from Netflix. I'll, I'll check that out. Because probably, it does and sound I think like... it's available online. It's available and online. it's available online, too, so we'll probably... So, yeah. That um, I really would like to ask you about your your television projects too, because you've had extensive experience in television, and we've had some questions uh, come in about that. So, um, do you have any uh, favorite projects, uh, television projects that you were involved in? Well, acting or and producing would be different versions, but the documentary that we won the Emmy for uh, that I did on my folks called Lucy and Desi, a home movie, is probably the thing I'm most proud of. And uh, it was a labor of love and a cathartic experience and turned out better than any of us could have hoped. But as far as acting roles, um, you know, I've done several series for CBS, um, one better than the next, but I, I enjoyed them all, including a pilot I did with my husband called One More Try, which I thought was brilliantly written by Lynn Grossman and uh, was cute, but it didn't sell. They they showed it one summer, you know, and that was it. And I did a show called The Lucy Arnaz Show, which was about a radio psychologist, uh, which I loved. It was produced and written by Sam Denoff, who did the Dick Van mm-hmm. Dyke shows and that girl. And then I did a wonderful ensemble comedy drama called Sons and Daughters for CBS a few years after that in like 1988-89. And um, I think it was just a little bit ahead of its time because people weren't used to comedy dramas or dramedies as they were called in those days. Now you have shows like, there must be eight of them on right now, but like shows like Brothers and Sisters, which is funny, Sons and Daughters, Brothers and Sisters, shows that are amusing to a certain extent but are primarily about subjects that are important and serious subjects 
And I liked that show a lot. And it was on, I guess, about 13 episodes, and then they – it was during the Gulf War, so you know how they always postpone you for news. And we didn't – it was very hard to find an audience, so uh, that kind of bit the dust. And I haven't done too many television product, uh, projects after that. I've done a bunch of TV movies, like The Black Dahlia, which I'm very proud of years ago, Who Gets the Friends. Um, but most of my career, believe it or not, doesn't have video uh, on it on YouTube because it was spent on the stage. Most of my That's career is right. on the stage. Yeah. That's right. And you, you, or, or Broadway or, or, you know, touring shows or something. Well, you have, you really have brought some uh, famous characters uh, to life on the stage and uh, Maybe not on Broadway, uh, but... No, when um, you're starting out, that's what's available to you. You know, when you're doing summer stock, which doesn't even exist anymore, really, uh, you go and you do the great the great plays. You know, you do Annie Oakley uh, in Annie Get Your Gun. You play Sally Bowles in Cabaret. You do Little Abner. You do Once Upon a Mattress. You know, you Seesaw. Those are the things that are available to actresses when you're first starting out and you're not going to be originating parts. And then you get lucky, maybe, and they give you a They're Playing Our Song where you can actually debut a character all your own and take it to Broadway. And that was, But you got to pay your dues, you know? At least in those days you had to pay your dues. I don't know. Maybe, you know, well, Paris Hilton could star in MAME uh, this year if they wanted her. <laughs> no, don't, don't say that. You really. never know. If Bernadette's you... not available, I'm sure they'll call Paris. <laughs> when it comes up, yeah. Well, you did Sally Bowles in Cabaret, and then, of course, on Broadway with Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my favorite shows ever. Loved that show. What was what what was so much fun about that? You know, the cast is just brilliant people that I was playing opposite and that the comedy was so br- really wonderfully executed. Greg Jabara, who was in it from the beginning and just closed in um, uh, Billy Elliot on Broadway after how many years? Four years? A very funny, talented pro who I just adored working with, and Jonathan Price and Norbert Leo Butts, and these, you know, Sherry, Renee Scott, wonderful, wonderful people to work with. And it was a joy. Every day that I went there was a joy. Oh, it must have been a lot of fun to do that. And Lost in Yonkers. Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, Lost in Yonkers. That was fun. That's a, another one of those amazing plays that is screamingly funny and then suddenly stops on a dime and breaks your heart in two. You know, just one of Neil Simon's best works, I think, ever. He won the Pulitzer for it. He finally won the awards that they snubbed him for all those years before, you know. Yes, and, and uh, they're playing our song. You you played opposite Robert Klein, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yep. And I remember uh, seeing you on um, a television show during that time when, when you and Robert Klein actually must have been on, on a variety show where the two of you sang their mm-hmm. playing our song, and, oh, you guys were great together. I still work with him and Marvin, as a matter of fact. We do a lot of symphony dates together these days where Marvin will do 30 minutes of Marvin Hamlish music, and then Robert will go out and do his nightclub act for about 30 minutes, including comedy music and whatnot, and then I'll come out and do 30 minutes of my symphony show, and then we'll do like a 30 to 40 minute mini musical of their playing our song with like five or six of the best numbers and interwoven with a little tiny bit of dialogue in between, and it still goes over like we're still doing the show. It's very weird. 30 years later, it's as if it never ended. It's quite amazing, that show. I'd like to see see that one, but now yeah. I'm, uh, I think I interrupted... Well, 
James, who I'm sure has more questions for you. So go ahead, James. I I do. Uh, Lucy, I did see you in there playing our song. I saw you do it live on stage, and it was wonderful. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Um, Is there anything special you do to prepare yourself for your live performances before you go on? Well... Yeah, it's changed over the years. Um, Has it? Yeah. I, it's quite simple right now. Oddly enough, the simplest stuff works the best. So it goes without saying that I try to approach it like an athlete, and you get enough sleep, and you try not to ruin your throat or, you know, yeah. take care of yourself physically. But this is going to sound really woo-woo and you know, crazy, <laughs> but um, I'm not a religious person, but I would call myself a spiritual person. And I stand backstage when everything's about ready to go on and i just do like a god vibration i just say the word god like it's a long vowel g a h a h h h h g god and i just release all my tension and i put it out toward my hands out toward the audience like i'm backstage doing this and i just think a healthy thought like spirit please go out and touch somebody in that audience who needs to be touched in a healing way tonight let me just touch even if i just touch one person that walks out of the theater feeling better about themselves that's what i want to do and it's amazing how much better the show gets because it's not about you anymore it's not about do they like me how am i doing how's my voice sound it's now about doing something for somebody else and ever since i started doing that my show has improved tremendously so (laughs) i don't know if it's like a good luck charm or what but it's something we do at unity church on a regular basis and i always get this kind of healing thing from it that relaxes me so i thought i'm gonna try it backstage and sure enough it works it's like a mantra it's a little bit like a mantra yeah it's a little bit like your your mantra is a a little relaxation technique and it, it sends it out there in a positive way yeah, the right reasons and not a uh, you know selfish reason. Although the word selfish is a good word sometimes too. You have to be selfish sometimes, self-oriented in order to take care of others. You know. Exactly, exactly. Which brings me to the question: uh, How do you manage to balance your career and your family at the same time? Well, now that they're a little uh, older, hello, just uh, living on their own for the most part. Although uh-huh. I don't think they're ever on their own completely, are they? Uh, it's it's a it's a little easier, but it was it was rough, you know. There was about a twelve fourteen year period in there when uh, it shook us up a lot to figure out how to be a parent and a working person at the same time. And both of both of us work, you know. My husband's an actor too, and we had to balance it by one of us uh, holding down the fort while the other one went to work. And that's not easy to do when you're actors because no. you have you have no schedule. Your schedule is always changing. Yes, um, and, yes, you know, yes. unless you're on a a soap for the last 40 years or something, you don't really know <laughs> what days you're going to be working, what hours you're going to be working, and um, so we had to agree to one of us be home uh, all the time, and we did that solidly for about a dozen years, and it made a huge big difference into balancing that's, the way yeah. our kids work. So. That's great. May I interject and say that your husband Lawrence Luckenbill is one of the best actors. We have in America. I've seen him many, many times, and I enjoyed him, and he's wonderful. So please tell him that. You bet I will, I'm, and I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you for <laughs> saying that. I think so, too. He's a real yeah. actor, actor, as we say. Yes. Too, you know? Yes, he is, yes. Yeah. 
Thank you. I agree with with both of you because I think that uh, he is definitely a wonderful actor. And I I wanted to move back now to uh, Latin roots and mm -hmm. ask you what motivated you to do this uh, this CD, Lucy. Well, oddly enough, what motiv motivated me to go into the concert arena at, at all was right after my father died and I found some cassettes uh, that were in his belongings that were of rare Desi Arnaz Orchestra appearances and uh, radio shows and like live at the at Ciro's in Hollywood. I started listening to these cassettes and oddly enough, even though I, I had heard a lot of his music on the Isle of Lucy show and things growing up, I didn't get the full concept of of really how amazing that orchestra was and how yeah. good their charts were. You're talking about earlier we were talking about good arrangements, you know, and yeah. and how marvelous his arrangements were of I guess primarily uh American songbook type songs with that the Desi Arnaz Orchestra had put a little Latin kick to yeah. and some very authentic Spanish stuff. But anyway, it it inspired me to want to get up in front of a band like that myself and have charts that good and I said geez I'm on Broadway and I'm on television and I've done some feature films but god all I want to do is that I just want to yeah. do that and you know what they say tell the universe what you want be specific within a yeah. year I had been offered um, a couple of opportunities to do just that and it worked and I kind of stayed there it was always something that I had in my back pocket to do this this club act so after I made my first CD which was called Just in Time, we made it for Concord Jazz, I said to Ron, well, next time we do a CD, I want to do a Latin-inspired one because it's really where this all came from. And we had been sneaking in more and more songs with a Latin feel to them over the years, but somehow we never got around to it. It was like I was busy raising my kids and doing Broadway shows and traveling to London and whatever. And then uh, two years ago, I was offered the opportunity to put together an entire evening celebrating the music of the Desi Arnaz Orchestra for the Lyric and Lyricist series here in New York City, which is a highly accredited, famed uh, series that they do, usually honoring a great composer every year. But they decided to do this and to honor Latin music in general and what Desi Arnaz and his orchestra may have had, you know, what part they played in the Latin music craze in the country. And I was thrilled because it took me right back to listening to those wonderful tapes and the fact that not only had I found the tapes, but there were 22 boxes of all my father's arrangements, all the original parts. <laughs> I had. And uh, But like four years prior to that, I had finally gotten them out of my garage and I donated them to the Library of Congress via uh, a, a wonderful tip from Michael Feinstein himself, who said you need to get rid of these out of your, don't have them in your possession, you need to, you know, preserve them. Yes. And I said, well, how do you do that? I mean, who wants, nobody's ever going to use Desi Arnaz arrangements. He said, doesn't matter, they're, hist they're history, and you should give them to the Library of Congress. So we had to get copies of all these charts that I had given to the Library of Congress, and we did this um, fantastic show in New York, five performances only, completely sold out, starring Raul Esparza, who is probably the hottest leading man on Broadway right now, uh, Valerie Pettiford, myself, my brother Desi, playing percussion, and a 16-piece orchestra headed by Mr. Ron Abel. And uh, so when I knew I was going to do this show and I started producing it, they gave me eight months to put it together. And uh, I said, okay, Ron, if we don't have that Latin Roots CD available for sale in the lobby, we're crazy. <laughs> like, right. Time to do the Latin Roots CD. So we did. The whole, the whole oh, time we were I'm producing so glad Babalu, we were producing the CD, too. 
Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I am so glad you did because it's a wonderful CD. Thank and I you. urge everyone to go to Amazon.com and order uh, Latin Roots. It's available on Amazon. It's available at iTunes. It's available on my website, LucyArnez.com. You can click to you know buy it pretty much everywhere. I think even CD Baby. You can check around see where it's cheapest. But I encourage people to buy the actual CD because I'm pretty proud of the booklet that comes with it that really is uh, – the story of where all these songs came from and how we came to record them. And I I yeah. think that it's almost like a little uh, memoir. And, I'm, I and you don't get right that and you, when you buy it off, off the Internet, you know. Yeah, you'll you'll absolutely love it if you do this. I, I really do encourage everyone to do that. And I think it's time now to check with Danny to see what's happening in the chat room. Danny, are there any reactions or comments you'd like to share with Lucy? I know that... Uh, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts is in the chat room, and uh, she's a big fan of Lucy's. So, uh, so you're on now, Danny. Yes, there were a couple questions. First was, did a new Lucy DVD get released this year by Daisy Lou Productions? Did a new Lucy DVD get released? Well, that. There, I'm not quite sure I need more information because there's a, the last two seasons of Here's Lucy, the third season my mother did with my brother and I, were released this season. And the Lucy show, the last season or one of the last seasons of the Lucy show that she did, the second second set of series that she did was released by Paramount this year. And there's the Lucy and Desi a whole movie out on DVD too. So depends on which one they're referring to. So I oh, guess the answer is yes. Be excited <laughs> that you named them all. <laughs> I think the answer must be yes. Then okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also, you mentioned you were on tour. We all want to know where you're going next. Well, you can go to LucyArnez.com and see the calendar. I try to uh, keep it as updated as I possibly can. We're adding a whole slew of new dates for 2013 already, but uh, 2012 keeps uh, coming. So the best way to for me to tell people without listing 12 places that you're going to pencil run out of ink, uh, just go on LucyArnez.com. Isn't it great that you can say that these days instead of what we used to say, which was those of you who have computers, we used to say. <laughs> now nobody <laughs> says that anymore. You just go LucyArnez.com and, and hit calendar and you'll see where I'm going to be uh, in the near future. And it's a great site, too. It's got a lot Thank of information you. that that we we really do want to know about uh, about Lucy. So, well, Danny, those are those are good questions. Uh, any anything else that you'd like to share? We all love you. <laughs> well, that's that's very nice. Thank you. <laughs> I I really appreciate our chatters and and their contributions. And Lucy, we have one last question. It's one that we ask all of our. Um, Guess what's the most important thing you want our listeners to know about you and your work? What's the most important? Th- oh my God! There's a large generic question that sounds like a thesis for some <laughs> sort of a one book. thing. Okay. Hell, because we've got we've only got uh, we've only got a few more minutes left. Darn it! What's the most important thing I want your listeners to know about my work? Wow, um, you know that's that stunned me because it's it's so big. I have, you know, I don't even think that way. I don't, I don't, I don't think about what I want other people to know about me. I really don't. And and it seems like if I if I start to come up with the answer, it sounds kind of corny, uh, because it, my my 
first instinct is to say that I love what I do and it's the only reason yes. I do it. But that's who cares? That is good. That's good because that, that's the best answer ever. That you is it? Well, you good. Enjoy, yes, it I is. Feel. That you enjoy what you're doing. I I know exactly what you mean, and and you do it so well. So just keep doing what you're doing. And um, I I am so sorry that we're that we're running out of time. I you've just made the made it go by so fast you're you're awesome and and we do love you lucy what an honor it's been to have you on our show it's been a pleasure talking with both of you well you've made our day for sure and 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 uh, i want to thank you for being such a wonderful guest today thank you honey and i hope we can have you back because there's just so much more that we'd like to talk with you about will you come back uh, another absolutely you ask ask me any time We'll do that, and we'll look forward to it. It's been such a great pleasure for us. This is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and for featuring this episode as one of today's picks. We really appreciate it. Thanks again to the incredibly talented Lucy Arnaz and the showbiz savvy James Colt Harrison for being with us today. Thanks also to Danny Dyer, to Nancy Lombardo, to Elizabeth Edwards, who helped arrange for for uh, Lucy to be on our show, and to our chatters and our other listeners. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. I know I sure did. Please come back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for some ranting and raving about the Oscar nominations, which will be announced early in the morning of that same day. Nell Minow, the famous movie mom, and Barry Monish, editor of the Screen World book series, have agreed to join us for a spirited discussion. It should be another fun show. That's all for now, folks. So let's go out to the captivating rhythm of another great song from Lucy's Latin Roots CD. Now listen carefully for the drums, because here comes... Roomba Matumba.
Oye, mi tonada, rumba, marumba para ti. Oye, mi linda bocuta, mi linda loca, rumba, marumba para ti, para ti, para ti. Oye, mi rumba, marumba que dice por loco, como no lo compa. Oye, mi rumba, marumba que dice por loco, como no lo compa. Oye, mi rumba, marumba que dice por loco, como no lo compa. 